Hello there. Welcome to the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast. I am so glad you're here with me today. In case for new friends, I'm extra glad that you are here. And as likely you have guessed by now, my name is Denise Alvarez, and I'm your host here on the How to Market Your Horse Business podcast. And to tell you just a bit about myself in case for new friends, through my business, Storm Lily Marketing, I get to help horse business owners like you convert your website visitors into your customers. So there are a few different ways that I do that, whether it is through coaching or website design and content, email marketing, or my new social stride membership, where I help you to DIY your engaging social media content. Because here's the thing, friends, I know marketing is not that exciting for everyone. And I know that you're here listening because you care about your horse business and you want to grow it to be the business of your dreams, right? Whatever that looks like for you. So I'm here to help break down marketing for you. I'll give you some step-by-step strategies, some how-tos that'll help you not only see what's possible when you market your horse business, but I'm also going to guide you through that process to help you make it happen. And so today I have a guest for you that I'm so excited for you to meet because I know that we talk specifically about marketing here on the podcast. And a large part of being a horse business owner is not only the marketing, but also making decisions, right? It could be marketing decisions, but it also could just be decisions about your business that you have, whether it's about buying and selling horses, whether it's about equipment or locating somewhere or relocating. You as a business owner have decisions coming at you every day. And so I have invited my friend Katie Navarra onto the podcast to talk us through some questions that you can ask yourself to help you make the best decisions for you. So why Katie? Katie is an agriculture education and leadership writer. And so many of you have probably seen her name in a variety of publications and online and in print from Horse Illustrated to Horse and Rider to Tractor Supply and their online blog and many, many more. But as of lately, Katie has also been going through some coaching certification programs. And so she is also now a life coach and she specializes in coaching people in transition, the ones who are unsure what the next step of the journey is. And so that friends is why I invited her onto the podcast because she has some very specific questions and some very specific, uh, guidelines, I guess you could loosely use the term guidelines, um, but just ways to help you evaluate where you are, evaluate where you want to be and where you're going and the best way for you to get there. So I'm so excited for you to meet Katie. So without further ado, here's my interview with Katie Navarra. Hey, Katie, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast today. I'm so glad that you're here. Hey, Denise, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on your show. Yes, I appreciate it. And I know my audience is going to be so happy to meet you. So before we jump into any of the technical or the meat of the interview, I would love if you would just share a little bit about your background, kind of your history and your connection to the industry and how you became a life coach for professionals, specifically those that are in transition, perhaps. Sure. Um, So my involvement in horses uh, began with my dad's family. They ran a riding stable in their small Western New York town when he was in high school. So he always had this love of horses, Um, but they sold and closed that um, stable in the seventies. And when my sister and I were old enough, 
to get our first pony. Um, we had this little Welsh bay pony show up at the farm and and got to ride um, and grew up in 4-H and competing in open shows. And I did compete at the Intercollegiate Horse Show Association for um, a short time while I was in college. Um, and through that lifelong childhood um, passion for horses, um, I always also had a knack for writing. And I had an English teacher in high school who said, um, did you know that you could have a career writing for horse magazines? And that was kind of mind-blowing to me in high school. I'd never thought about that ever being a possibility. Um, but I went to college and built a business writing for a number of different horse magazines, as well as um, general business magazines, and have been doing that for about 18 years now. Um, so it keeps me connected to the industry um, in terms of research as to what's going on, latest trends, and also just general um, horse care and horse ownership. I did get my first horse as an adult almost 10 years ago now. Time has flown. And we compete in um, American Ranch Horse events and are learning how to work cattle, which is always interesting when you have three brains to control instead of just two. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot that goes on out there in the arena. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can imagine. I have not done that, but I think that would be so interesting. I love that. Um, so the, you asked where the interest in coaching came in, um, and that actually started back in college. I went to um, the State University of New York at Geneseo, and they had a pilot student leadership program where you could take um, different types of workshops that led to a multi-step certification program. And I became a member of their first team of student mentors to help other students acquire professional, personal, and career um, development skills. And so that always stuck with me. And so throughout my professional career, I worked full-time while building a full-time um, freelance business. I did a lot of leadership academies and personal development work um, through local organizations or just through um, reading um, different materials out there about the topic. And so when I finally, in 2020, made the decision to um, go out on my own and run my own um, marketing and writing business... It gave me a chance to revisit this passion for coaching and leadership development. And so I ended up taking a class through Rutgers University um, to, it was a very intense, in-depth class to um, learn how to, to coach clients to help them unlock their full potential and their passion in life um, to help them on their own journey of personal development. So interesting. I love that. And, you know, I was thinking earlier that this is probably even a different experience for you because as you, as a writer, you're typically the one doing the interviewing. So I appreciate you <laughs> being willing to be on the other side of the microphone and share some of your insights. So I know that therefore my audience has probably read so much of your material and maybe not even realized that that's who I'm sitting here talking to. I was uh, thinking as I was preparing literally the other night, I was reading my most recent horse illustrated and there was an article in there from you. So I so appreciate all the work that you put into all of those things, because I know many of us have learned a lot about our horses. And like you said, horse care and all of those different things because of, of your great work. So just want to recognize that and thank you for all that you have done uh, for the equine industry in that time. Well, thank you for your kind yeah. words. I'm glad to know you appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. And I know many others do as well. So as you said, the coaching is something that as a business for yourself, you have developed more recently. And it's so interesting because when we were preparing to get on for this interview, and I was thinking of 
some of the ways that you could best help my audience of horse business owners, we were thinking about how to make a decision, right? So often when it comes to being a horse business owner, you have decisions coming at you and you have opportunities for transitions perhaps and decisions that are going to lead you into a transition period. Now, of course, there are a lot of major decisions that are going to be made in that time. And so I thought you would be a really great person to maybe share some helpful advice on how to make a big decision, especially as an equine business owner. Well, I'm so glad you asked me to talk about this. This is something I get really excited um, talking about and um, I'm happy to share my own personal experience um, because I did you know, make that big leap of full-time job to full-time working for yourself, which um, can be really scary. And so you know, I'll kind of share with you a little bit of how I went through that decision-making process. I did actually hire a coach um, to help work through some of the, the mental blocks that I just kept throwing up in the, in the way. Um, so one of the things that my coach asked me uh, when I was looking for help to make the transition out of full-time work into running my own business was, um, what was it that I was tolerating? And for me, that was a hectic work schedule, um, a challenging work environment where the employees were um, not as motivated uh, as I was on the same projects. And also knowing that deep down, um, I wasn't fulfilling the work that was making that was driving me um, personally, and so that really kind of helps frame, um, you know, the decision making of what what could be better. It starts to set you up for thinking what might be possible for change. Um, and while this kind of comes from a place of discomfort or unhappiness, um, this can also apply to people who think that they are um, really satisfied and happy where things are in life. Um, I have a a, co- a coaching colleague who um, in one of his professional experiences 15 years ago had a coach come in from a positive point. They were working together on increasing communication across the team and helping grow this company. And the coach asked him, you know, well, what makes you happy? And he said that that question was probably one of the hardest questions he'd ever been asked. Um, He considered himself a happy person. He was really um, positive and upbeat. And thought that he would retire from this this company where he worked for 20 years. And he had to excuse himself from the session and come back the next week and say, you know, I I didn't realize that I wasn't really living my mission um, in my career and in my business decisions. And so that helped him uh, move on to a nonprofit that more closely aligned with his personal uh, mission goals while supporting his uh, career as well. So I think, you know, thinking about what, um, you know, what daily life is like and what, what is satisfying or what um, is just merely tolerated can help folks work through some of those tough transitions. Yeah, those are really great questions. So what is it you're tolerating? What makes you happy? What might be possible? Those are really good questions, especially for horse business owners, as you're thinking about maybe it's not like a, a life altering business change. You know, maybe we're not suggesting that if you're a horse trainer that you're saying, I don't want to be a horse trainer anymore, but maybe it's thinking in in the scope of what kind of business makes you happy. You know, maybe it's just evaluating your business and saying, okay, 
is, am I building the business that's going to make me happy in the long term? If I'm doing this at the same rate, you know, for a lot of people, it's, it's the rate of business that they're doing at the rate that they're living their life, right? Go, 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 and not really getting to enjoy those things. So it's an opportunity to evaluate your business and say, okay, am I building the one that's going to make me happy long-term or that makes me happy right now? Am I getting to do the things that make me happy? Am I dreaming about what's possible and is this going to help me get there? So those are some very, very good questions to consider in that process. So thank you. So we agree, business owners as a whole, you're faced with a ton of decisions on a regular basis. And so it's important when you're making decisions, especially some of these bigger ones, that you approach them with a strategy of some kind, but oftentimes that's not how we go into it, right? We maybe make a list of pros and cons if we're being really proactive, but otherwise it's just kind of like what feels good in the moment or what can I, what is possible right now, but I can't see past right now, you know? So can you help us share some of the specific questions or maybe strategies that you walk through people or you walk people through as they're making big decisions as business owners? Sure. Um, so one thing is um, I, I talk to business owners um, and we talk about a wheel of life. Um, this wheel of life is kind of a, a circular diagram that I would actually send them. And it's broken down into eight different categories. And that ranges from family and friends to money and fun and personal growth and even their environment. And I ask them to rank on a scale of one to 10 where each of those categories falls. And it's really funny because some of them will say to me, well, I don't know. I've never thought about that. Yeah, <laughs> and, right. Um, so when you start to assign a number value to these different categories in your life, it helps identify where are the places that you're feeling really good and strong. Um, and maybe those are the pieces that you leave intact as they are. And where are the areas that you feel need to either move up or down on the scale. You know, that could be different for every person, but simply looking at these eight main categories helps kind of offer some clarity as to which pieces may be the first pieces to move first. Um, because you may be really out of balance. You know, I had one client say to me, they weren't at a point in their life where, um, romance and relationships with a, was a one and they were okay with that because of some other life, um, situations that had in, encouraged or, um, developed. But that they weren't really um, where they'd like to be on the per personal development scale, and so for them that meant applying to to college and going back to college later in life. Um, so it's really helpful to to take a step back and look at the bigger picture of every aspect of your life and kind of get a feel for what feels right or what feels like it could be the spot um, for change. And then another thing that I think is really important before digging into a a full-blown strategy is to think about your strengths. Um, I'm sure a lot of listeners are familiar with things like Myers-Briggs or maybe even the DISC inventory and some other um, sort of pre-formatted questionnaires that help you determine what your personality type is like. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. We yes. all know the personality test, so you had to take it some point along the way. <laughs> right. And so I've recently uh, been introduced to Clifton Strength Finders and think that this is um, the best assessment to use for anybody running a business um, of any type because it helps you understand what you bring to the table and, that ha and how that impacts your business. Um, so for example, my top strength is futuristic. 
Um, so that means that I'm always kind of like peering over the horizon and looking for what's next, um, which, you know, I always just thought that building this fantastic freelance business that I've been blessed with was the big goal. And now that I'm here, I realize that I'm like looking for what's next with this coaching um, endeavor that I've undertaken. Um, and that, if you don't understand that that's who you are as a person and that's what you bring to the table, it can sometimes get frustrating when you just want to um, live in the moment. Um, but, you know, understand, you know, taking an assessment like the Clifton Strengths um, or spending some time figuring out what your personal strengths are can help you um, lean in to the areas that you can build on your own and or show areas where you may need to partner with somebody who has complementary strengths to help um, fill in those gaps. Okay. Yeah, those are good. So first you're starting out then with that, the wheel of life. And I think you're right. Sometimes we don't even take the time to consider a variety of different categories. Now, of course, this is the how to market your horse business podcast, but we know that the business part of things is just one piece of your puzzle, right? So right. it doesn't mean that you're when you're making a decision as a business owner for your business, especially in the equine business, uh, so often they're smaller businesses. And so it impacts all of those other categories in their life. So it's not like you can just have your business on a scale of one to 10 be at a nine and everything else in your life be at a two and make really solid business decisions. You know, those things are all connected. And so that's a really good point that if you're wanting, if you're at a, at a crossroads, we are making a big decision as a business owner. Don't look at it just through a microscope, take a few minutes and evaluate the other areas of your life and see where you're at. Because if you're going to make good decisions to me, like I love the word health. So there's not necessarily good and bad, but there's definitely healthy and unhealthy, right? I mean, yes, there's good and bad. I totally believe that. But sometimes when it comes to a decision, it's, there's not a bad decision to be made. Sometimes it's just option A and option B, but there is often a decision that's the healthier option. But if you're not operating from a place of health in your other areas of your life, then it's going to be a little more difficult to make the best and healthiest decision even if it's just for your business. So that's a great point that you've got to evaluate all of those things as you're making decisions. And then you can have a little bit more clarity about what's next. So perhaps you're considering a business decision that you know is going to really fill your plate, but your family is maybe hanging out on a three or four in terms of priority. Well, then maybe that would help inform your decision and you go, okay, I know I don't need to take on this extra project, right? I know I don't need to... Uh, take on these extra clients, even though I'd really like to, because that's going to take me away from my family. And I want to get that number a little higher. So that's how you can kind of use that to help guide your decisions, right? Would you agree with that? Or would you have anything else to add to that, Katie? I agree with you. You know, making decisions is really hard um, and it can be difficult to let go of the things where there's that imbalance. Um, And whether it's actual physical health or realizing that a piece of your life is Um, getting less priority than you'd like it to. Um, Sometimes it's not easy to acknowledge that. And um, even, you know, in situations where a business, a horse business owner has a really supportive network of family and friends, sometimes that's not enough to help work through the decision-making process. Um, You know, I realize that I'm on here talking to you about coaching, Uh um, but I actually still work with two coaches myself. Um, One of them, which is a year-long coaching academy and the other 
um, it's a classmate that we get together once a week and coach each other back and forth. Um, and there's just something about having that disengaged third party that can help you kind of step outside where you are with your, um, with your business and with your, the people that are involved in your life and kind of help take just a totally different look at those decisions that you're making. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I don't know for many of you listening, you know, perhaps you didn't think life coaching was something that maybe would apply to you, but you're right. It is that idea of somebody that's on the outside that can look in and say, have you considered asking some of these questions like you have, like intentionally asking you some questions that are going to make you think a little bit harder or think a little bit more differently, or maybe see things that you couldn't see just because you're up close. Um, And I think it's a beautiful thing that you're doing it uh, with the experience that you've had because you've met so many different horse business owners over the years and you've watched so many different horse business owners make decisions, make mistakes and see how that all plays out and, and be able to speak into that. So yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. The idea of having somebody else and then the strength finders, uh, that's not something we've talked about here on the podcast. So I love that you brought that in because again, that idea of knowing who you are and knowing your personality and knowing where your strengths lie that again can help you with those decisions. Because as you said, if you know that you have a weakness, you have an area that's not your best, then you can find some support in some way. And for some people, it may be hiring. And for some people, it may just be letting go of something. Or, you know, I have a program called Social Stride. It's a monthly membership program. And I help horse business owners DIY their social media. So perhaps they're not in a place where they're saying, I'm going to hire someone and pay hundreds of dollars a month to have someone manage my social media. But I know it's an area I want to grow. So I want a little bit of help. So it's a smaller investment, $10 a month right now as of this recording. It'll go up at the end of the summer as I add more to it. But still $10 a month, $15 a month as compared to a couple hundred dollars. But they're getting the help that they need. They're getting some coaching along the way. They're getting a community of people. So they're getting some of those outside perspectives um, because they're saying, look, this is not my strength. I need help with this. And so that idea of knowing your strengths and knowing how to find support that's a great, great point. So I appreciate you bringing that in. It's really interesting. Um, I was actually at a facilitator training two weeks ago where I was learning how to bring, how to, how to partner with my horse to develop and, um, and launch and offer in-person coaching sessions, whether that's at my house or um, travel somewhere else to, to another barn, but to help people realize some of these strengths through um, interacting with um, horses through all like on ground um, activities. And one of the individuals in our group who was there also to become a facilitator in this type of work was really upset about the strengths that came back on his strengths finders. Um, uh-huh. And it was really, he had a really hard time the whole week leaning into what his strengths were. Uh-huh. He just felt like they did not describe who he was as a person, um, did not describe where he was going with the business. And what was really interesting is after five days of going through coaching exercises, he realized that he really was, he really did fall into those strengths. He was strategic. Um, he was a visionary. Um, he was an input person. And as soon as he learned, you know, that, that he really had those skills, although he didn't think that he did, that's where he started to make the breakthrough in his business of how do I bring certain people into my team to help me achieve my goals where I just know that that's not my space. Um, no, that's so it's so interesting. pretty interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Have you uh, done anything with the Enneagram by chance? I have not. So 
the Enneagram, I only asked that because the experience that that gentleman had with the strengths finder, I had a similar experience when I took the Enneagram. I wasn't very happy with what the test said about me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I had to learn. And and for any of you listening, if you haven't done the Enneagram, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. It's a number space and it's more about, uh, I probably would, would butcher trying to explain it. I'm not an expert. I've read a few of the books and listened to some podcasts and done the test. Uh, but the point is what it was saying that I was, I didn't like either. And I had to learn to see in the Enneagram, there's like a healthy version and an unhealthy version essentially. So it's like when you're really healthy, this is what it looks like for you. But when you're in an unhealthy space or you're in a stressful space, this is what it looks like for you. And so I had to learn, you know, that what I was, what I was honing in on was the part where it was like, when I was unhealthy or stressful, those things looked negative to me. Um, Mm -hmm. but so it's interesting that you say that, but there is like he experienced so much value in taking time just to learn a little bit more about ourselves so that we can play into those. And also so we can help kind of guard ourselves in those area where we may be a little bit weaker or maybe uh, just be different than somebody else to appreciate those differences as well. So yeah, I love that. I'll be definitely, or I will definitely be linking to the strength finder and uh, the Enneagram into the show notes of this episode, because that's a great point. The importance of knowing yourself really well when you're looking to make a big decision. I think the value in understanding our strengths too, is that sometimes we can get really frustrated that other people just don't understand who we are. Um, I had that myself before I took the strengths finder, you know, why was I always on this goal driven path to achieve this and achieve that and achieve the next thing when my peers and other businesses were very happy at their, their achieved goal. Um, and so once I started, once I took the strengths finder and achiever is also in my top five, um, surprise, surprise, <laughs> right. um, it started to help me realize that that's who I am as a person and that I can use those, um, in my business. It doesn't mean that things aren't overstated and we don't have to pull back sometimes on some of our strengths, but it really starts in a place of positivity and helps us, you know, better understand, you know, kind of the thought process that we go through when we're looking at our businesses. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. All right, Katie, is there anything else that you think my listeners should know about how they can approach decision-making as a business owner from a really um, solid perspective and from the perspective of a life coach? I have two questions that I thought I'd share with your listeners um, that are some of my favorite when I first start working with a client. And especially when they're looking to make a change, um, either in their professional full-time job or in the business that they own and run. Uh, and the first question that I like to ask people is, um, imagine that we're three years into the future and I haven't seen you for three years. We haven't caught up. And I say to you, hey, Denise, you know what, what have you been doing the last three years? Um, and I, I love to hear how people respond to this. Um, I'm not looking for the answer of, I built that new indoor arena that I was looking to buy or to build, or I bought that four horse slant load trailer with the living quarters that was on my list. Um, But it's the people who have discovered their purpose or their next step in their business um, that, that really that answer gets to, and not that um, building an indoor arena or uh, buying that, that dream trailer isn't a success worth celebrating, Um, But asking that question of, you know, what have you accomplished in three years helps people really think bigger picture of where they want their business to go long term um, so that it it does meet all the needs of their family and their personal um, life purpose. 
And it sort of feeds into the other question that I love to ask people when we first get started. And it is, um, what is your personal mission statement? Corporations and nonprofits, they all have mission statements, but we don't really take time to think about our mission statement for ourselves. And when I work on this with clients and they decide what their mission statement is, it helps, it gives them a measuring stick to decide, uh, you know, what, what is worth adding, what is worth walking away from, or what is worth adding to the maybe consider in the future pile. I mean, I think you mentioned earlier on that making decisions means that you might not be able to do it all. Um, And so having this personal mission statement that kind of acts as what I call like the bumpers on the bowling lanes, you know, they can, they keep you from chasing every shiny new thing and keep you kind of um, guided on a path that's going to help you get to your goals. Um, Certainly, you know, worth considering a lot of different options that are out there, but at the end of the day, you know, you really have to come down to what aligns with what you're hoping to achieve in your business to make the the best decision for the moment. Absolutely. Those are so good. And as you're, as you're talking about that, I just keep thinking of the word filter, right? So as we're talking about these decisions, these two questions that you brought up are so good and they're really good filters to help you as you're making decisions. So when you know the answer to these two questions and you write it down, then when you're looking over your pros and cons and you're talking to people then one of the questions that you should be asking yourself is, does, is this going to help me get to where I want to be in three years? Is this going to help me answer that question the way I want to? Is this going to help me accomplish? Does this align with my mission statement? And if you know those things, then it definitely will make answering some of the other questions or making some of those other decisions a little bit easier. At least it will give you clarity. Sometimes, you know, it may not be an easy answer, but it will at least give you clarity and confidence to know that you're making the right decision for you and your family and your business. Mm-hmm. And what sort of leads into this was, was the last question that I, I like to pose to people is, you know, if nothing changes, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it gives you the opportunity to see that maybe the worst case scenario isn't actually all that bad. Um, you know, whether that decision is to stick strictly with what you're doing now rather than expanding or changing direction, or maybe it is adding that new service. Um, just kind of thinking through and realizing what the worst case scenario is and benchmarking that against what you hope to achieve can really help put things in perspective. Um, you know, I was working with a, a barn owner who was who has a barn um, and was doing like coaching services outside of the barn. And was looking to bring the two together. And I said to him, and he was afraid to put his his first shingle out, so to speak, and advertise the services. And I said, well, what's the worst that can happen? And he said, well, I'll lose my, he called it his farmily. I'm going to lose my farmily. I'll lose my horses. I'll lose my barn. And I let him sit there for a minute. And I said, but you're not offering those services right now. And you haven't lost your farmily. You know, you still have your horses. You still have your barn with the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And when he realized that that was like, the worst thing that could happen and that he already had um, a structure in place where that wasn't going to happen. It then kind of opened up that next level of opportunity of, okay, maybe it's okay to take the next step forward and and build step-by-step. Yeah, absolutely. That's another really solid, good question. I love this. I think questions can be so powerful, right? To help us um, think through things and process like you did with that gentleman, you know, just 
forcing us to think of things maybe in a different way or in a different light. So those are so, so good. Katie, I'm so grateful. I know that my listeners are going to love hearing some of these questions. I know they're going to be taking notes. And of course, I will have the summary for this episode on the show notes, which will be stormlily.com slash 36. But before we go, will you please tell everybody where they can find you online? And of course, I will provide all of the links that you mentioned on the show notes as well. Yes. And thank you again for having me on. I I really enjoyed our conversation today. Um, You can find me. My website is katienavara.com. And if you add backslash coaching, that'll take you directly to that page. You can also check out uh, different articles that are posted to my portfolio there. Um, I am on Facebook as Katie Navara Bradley. And I'm also on Instagram at Katie underscore Navara. I look forward to meeting you all. Awesome. Yes. And listeners, please do go visit her and let you know when uh, you do that, let her know that you met her here on the podcast. Okay. All right, Katie, thank you again. I'm so, so grateful. Thank you for sharing your insights. And I just know that horse business owners are going to take some of these questions and they're going to be referring to them on a long-term basis. So I so appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, friends. What did I tell you? Wasn't that a great conversation? I really appreciate Katie sharing her insights and some specific questions that you can stop and think about as you are making some decisions in your own business. And so I hope that you will go find Katie online and connect with her. Remember to hit me up at the show notes, stormlily.com slash 36 for episode number 36. I will also have links there so that you can connect with Katie. And if you need anything else, of course, you can connect with me there on my website. Use that contact form. I love to hear from you. So as always, if you have questions, please let me know. And remember to subscribe or follow the podcast wherever you like to listen, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google, or any of the others, because then you'll be notified when a new episode comes out. All right. And if you can leave reviews, I really appreciate that because that helps other horse business owners to know if they should be listening to this podcast or not. And I hope that you would say that they should, because I hope it's helping you. So I will talk to you again next week. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful day. 